0: We entered into worship. And the Lord God just so blessed us. He so blessed us. He so blessed us. And we are thankful and grateful for His presence. Amen. Amen. We are honored by His presence. We want to kind of piggyback from where uh, um, the Lord spoke last week, and He talked last week about the third heavens. And uh, (coughs) thankful today that the Lord, what we had, uh, the Lord had given us, it coincided with the message from <clears throat> from last week and today we're gonna talk about paradise. We wanna talk about paradise. Everybody talks about wanting to go to heaven and all this stuff, but none of us wants to die. Amen. But there is a place called paradise. And there's much to be said today. I wanna teach it If you uh, (coughs) have any paper, if you have a pen, you need to take some notes, because you need to go back and you need to study it. And not only do you need to study it, but you're going to have to go outside of the box to get the fullness of everything that God is saying. That is so imperative. We're going to begin the book of St. Luke, St. Luke chapter number (coughs) 23. We're going to begin in the book of St. Luke chapter number 23. Mind you now, we are talking about paradise. We're talking about paradise. Here in Luke chapter number 23, Father, bless your word, and we thank you now in Jesus' name. Here in Luke chapter number 23, this is prior to the, to the crucifixion of Christ. It's prior to the crucifixion of Christ. And he is there on the cross. He's there. And there is a conversation that's being made. And beginning at verse number 42, verse number 42, St. Luke chapter number 23, it says, and he said unto Jesus, we talk about these two thieves that was on the cross, uh, on each side of Jesus, they too were hanging on the cross. And verse 42 says, and he said unto Jesus, Lord. Remember me when thou cometh into thy kingdom. This is what the first thief said. He says, he says to Jesus, he says, Remember me when thou cometh into thy kingdom. But I want you to look at the reply that Christ gives to him. Verse number 43 says, And Jesus said unto him, Verily I say unto thee, today shall thou be with me where paradise he asked to come into the kingdom he asked to be remembered by Christ when he when he enter into his kingdom but Jesus tells him he will be with him in paradise this day he said today you will be with me in paradise now something we need to look at now When when, when we look at this text, we we think about two thieves on the cross and we think about Christ. But who are these men? Where do they come from? What is the significance? How we know that they were there. We know that they were robbers. We we know that. We we know that. But what is it about these two thieves that was hanging there? Who, Who are these men and what was their purpose They were not just ordinary thieves hanging there. They were thieves. They were robbers. But they have a history. And they have a history with Jesus. Now, in order to find that out, you have to go to the book of Mary. And you also have to go to the book of Nicodemus. Now, some of us say, well, where is that? When you go to the lost books of the Bible, you'll find that there's a book called Mary, and you'll find also there's a book of Nicodemus. And they began to describe these same two thieves that was hanging on each side of Jesus Christ. When Jesus was just young, young in age, when when Joseph and, and Mary was leaving, going into a different country, they came upon some people that were robbers. They were in this road. They were there. And one of the thieves says to the other thieves, let's not allow them to pass through. Let's not molest them. Let's not rob them. And he was willing to, to pay the other thieves what they call a groat, which is a coin. That he was willing to pay them 40 coins so that Jesus would be able, and Mary and Joseph would be able to to go past them and their life would be saved, their life would be spared. And because of that act of kindness that was shown to them, there were some words that were spoken 30-some years prior to where we are right here. The first word was spoken by Mary. And she, she says to the thief, because of your act of kindness, because of your act of kindness, that you'll be able to sit on the right-hand side of Jesus. You'll be on the right right side of Jesus. She had no idea she was talking about crucifixion. Hmm. And then it comes along, and she also said that he would be pardoned for his sins. This is 30-some years prior to, okay? And not only that, but Jesus himself, as, as a young lad, he spoke and he began to talk about his crucifixion. But he also said to the thief, the one that was hanging uh, on the right side of him, uh, there during the time of crucifixion, he says to him that he would be with him in paradise. He would be able to enter, in, enter in, into paradise. And the sign that he would carry would be the cross. Now, will I find this in King James? No. That means you got to go outside the box. Let me let let's let's get an understanding. I'm probably gonna break a whole lot of rules. We have to understand when King James came into existence, there were so many books removed from the Bible because Man removed them. God didn't remove them. Man removed them. So in order to to, to, to connect the dots, you got to go and read some other things. You got to study some other places. Amen? Hmm. So So to to bust up theology and and think that this is the, the only thing that the Bible lets us know is what's in King James Version. There's a whole lot of other books that was taken out and letters that were taken out that we have no knowledge of unless we become curious and hungry and thirsty for the word of God. Hmm. So they have a history. Those thieves that was on the cross, they had a history with Jesus. And because of an act of kindness then his request was honored not right just right then when he says uh, when you come into your kingdom remember me and Jesus said today you will enter with me into paradise it all goes back to that act of kindness hmm. now uh, we have to understand what the word paradise means have to understand what it means. In order for us to understand what paradise means, we need to go to the book of Genesis. Genesis chapter number 2. In the Greek, the word paradise is defined as a future place of happiness. It's also defined as Eden. Now, let's walk the scriptures. Genesis chapter number 2. Genesis chapter number two. Make sure you take your notes so you can go back and research. Amen. 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 You're going to look for the book, of, the book of Nicodemus, and you're going to look for the book of Mary in your time that you're spending with the God. Now, in Genesis chapter number two, we're going to begin reading because we're going to talk about this This paradise. This paradise. Genesis chapter number 2, verse number 8 says, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden. In the Hebrew, the Eden means the delight or pleasure of God. He planted a garden. That garden represents man's soul. You're going to see it. It says eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. Keep that up. Say, so he put put the man in Eden, the man whom he had formed. Now, when we think about Adam, we don't think of Adam as a child, but what we fail to remember is this. When God formed, when God fashioned when he fashioned Adam, do we not realize he was a full-grown man when God got through with him? He was full-grown. It wasn't a baby that came forth. When, when Christ, when he began to, when God formed him, he fashioned him, he framed him. And that word also means that he gave man a purpose. He had a purpose even before God blew his breath into him. He was full grown now. uh, We've got to think about that. Adam, when God finished with him in the beginning, he was full grown, but he was lifeless. He was motionless. He was just a lump of clay in the beginning when God got through fashion forming him. Now, look at verse number 7 in Genesis chapter 2, verse number 7. And it says, and the Lord God formed. He framed him. Hmm. He gives him purpose. He fashioned him. He created him in a state of maturity. See, so we need to become full grown in the word of God. We need to mature in the word of God. He says, and the Lord God formed. Fashion gave him purpose, man of the dust of the ground, and look at this. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. Keep it up. The Bible says, and he breathed into his nostrils. Nostrils represents the passage away. Of the Spirit. When he's talking about his nostrils, it means he's representing the passageway of the Spirit. Because see, until God breathed into the passageway, his nostrils, that's when he receives life. Before that, he didn't have life. He was lifeless. And then he said, and man became. That means became and it began to happen. Process. He became a living soul man became a living soul now he's no longer motionless or he, he's no longer one that has no life because the spirit was breathed into it's just like all of us we can can walk around man can walk around and still not have the spirit of God and he's lifeless He might as well be the walking dead. When you don't have the spirit of God on the inside, you are the walking dead. But see, we have to allow God to breathe his spirit into us. We've got to allow the Lord to do that. The is a passageway for the spirit. Mm. God, that's sweet. That's sweet. That's sweet. Very sweet. <laughs> mm. Now, let's look at Ecclesiastes chapter number 12. Understanding about the spirit. It said man became a living soul. A living soul Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 looking at verse number 7 remember we're talking about paradise it says in verse number 7 Ecclesiastes chapter number 12 then shall the dust you and I return to the earth As it was. I wonder why we just pamper this that's going to go back to the dust. What's the song about bite the dust? (laughs) And it says, and the spirit shall return unto God who gave it. The spirit. It'll go back to God. That's who gave us the, that 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 spirit that, that was that was breathed, that same spirit that was breathed into Adam, into that passageway. When we draw our God's last breath, because it's his that he breathed into us, then that spirit is going back to the one that gave us. Walk with me. Let's go to Ezekiel chapter number 28. Hmm. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Ezekiel chapter number 28. See, sir, something we've got to understand is that it's just so much here. I'm just hoping I can get it all in and we'll be able to receive it all. And what you don't receive or don't understand, go study. Go study. Ask the Holy Spirit to reveal, give you understanding. Ezekiel chapter number 28. Remember now, we're talking about paradise. Hmm. Looking at verse number, starting with v- verse number 11. I'm going to read some verses here. It says, Moreover, the word of the Lord came unto me, saying, Son of man, take up a lamentation upon the king of Tyrus and say unto him. Now, this is what we've got to make sure we've got some understanding because it's not talking about a mere man here. Scripture will prove itself out. And he said, and say unto him, thus saith the Lord God, thou sellest up the psalm full of wisdom and perfect in Beauty. Go to verse number thirteen. It says, Thou hast been in Eden. The delight of God. We talking about in the beginning now. Thou hast been in, in Eden, the garden of God. Every precious stone was thy covered. Talking about Satan. The sword is topaz, the diamond, the barrel, the ox, the jasper, the sapphire, the emerald, the carbox, and gold. He says, the workmanship of thy tablet and of thy pipes, musical ability, was prepared in thee the day that thou was created. I'm talking my Satan here. Not a mere man. Tells you where he was in the beginning. I'm about to jump the ship, but I'm, I'm hoping I, I may come back to it, but I'm going to go ahead and take me a leap right now. Is it not interesting that where Satan ends up, when he, in the midst of his fall or before his fall, he ends up in Eden. He ends up in the Garden of Eden which is the delight of God where he where he placed man when satan failed he made man his cushion do we not know satan makes us his cushion he makes us if we allow him to be his cushion he falls right there where man is Adam and Eve. All right now, verse 14, now understanding that in 13 God is describing the musical ability that he has he's created with. Now verse 14 says, watch this. you remember that I told you when they talking about the king Tyrus, the, the that, that was, it was not talking about a man, it's talking about Satan, Lucifer. Verse 14 says, Thou art the anointed sherbet that covereth. That was his job, covereth. And I have set thee so. God gave him that position, but he got jealous. He got high-minded. He says, Thou was upon the holy mounting of God. Thou have walked up and down in the midst of... Or the stones of fire. Now those stones of fire, are nothing but watchers. That's those those angels. That that's where Satan was, and Lucifer was in the beginning. He was in the midst. He walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. The watchers. Hmm. That's what those stones of fire represent. Represents the watchers. What he did was he created treason. He betrayed one of the highest forms in the country, which is called treason. He went against God. Hmm. Verse number 15 in Ezekiel chapter number 28 says, Thou was, watch this, Thou was perfect in thy ways from the day that thou was created. In the beginning, he was perfect, the Bible says, in his ways, from the day that he was created until iniquity, sin was found in him. Yet be careful when God elevate you. When God raises you up and you begin to think you're more than what you are. That's what happened with Lucifer. He... He was looking for prestige. He was, he was looking for somebody to, to worship him, to honor him. He wanted to be like the Most High God. See, he saw the praises that God was getting. Mm. You know how it is when, 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 when the Spirit of the Lord, when he, when he comes in and, and we're in worship and, and God begins to move. And I can believe feeling my spirit, God just rests back, and I will worship. But do you not know Satan will show up? Because he wants that worship, he wants that praise. Hmm. Say so he. He walked among the watchers. I can imagine with, with, with the beauty that he had, because, see, he was beautiful. I can imagine how others looked upon him. And they saw what God, God had put in him and how God had chosen him to, to be that covering, to be, to be that, 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 that bright light, that, that shining light. I'm quite sure he stood a whole lot taller over the other watchers it was something about him that made him so unique now looking at verse number 16 this is what happens when, 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 we, when we allow sin to overtake us now verse number 16 in Ezekiel chapter 28 says by the multitude of thy merchandise hmm, they have filled the midst of thee with violence and thou hast sinned, therefore I will cast thee as profane out of the mountain of God, and I will destroy thee, O covering sherbet, from the midst of the stones of fire. See, God said, listen, I'm, I'm, you got to go. You, 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 you have to go. He, he says now, I'm going to remove you. I'm going to destroy you. Even though you walked among. The watchers and they respected you. Let me read these other verses. Verse number seventeen says Thine heart was lifted up because of what? Of thy beauty. He must have been something to look at. In a beauty. He says Thou hast corrupted thy wisdom by reason of thy brightness i will cast thee to the ground i will lay thee before kings that they may behold thee oh yeah another tidbit i'm probably going beyond my notes i'm on my notes but it's probably a different location the next book you need to look for is the book of adam and eve I mean, I said, well, I ain't never heard of them. You know why? Anytime you put something in the book, we don't read, right? As as, as it says in the book of Ecclesiastes, a a, a lot of studying wearies you. The more that you know, the more heavy the burden becomes on you. Now, in the book of Adam and Eve, it talks about the brightness that they had. The light, the light. For a long time, I could not understand how in the world that they could become so deceived. And they were pure, pure in spirit. Talks about how bright they were. When you think about when they walked in the garden, you know, in and, and, and the cool of the day, and, and Jesus and, and God was there, when you think about that, how, how was that able to be so? It was because of their, the brightness, the brilliancy of their light. They lost their light when they got put out of the garden. Go read it. Go study it. The book of Adam and Eve. They were bright. I mean, they were brilliant. I mean, can you imagine? Then I understood when, when as, as, as Dr. Mann, I think he spoke the scripture last week, and he talked about God is light. And it says, in him there is no darkness at all. I understood that. And the reason why I understood that is because God is total light. There is no darkness in him. In the beginning, Adam and Eve was pure light. We're gonna get to I don't want to go too quick to the end, because I mess around be at the end. Y'all been missing been missed all this other good stuff. mm 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 mm. Mm 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 mm. Now, before <laughs> oh, I tell you, I'm talking about paradise. Do you not know when our journey is over? And I'm going to show you this in the Scripture too. When our journey is over, we will go back to be just like that, that light, that pure light, like they were in the beginning. I'm going to show it to you in Scripture. Okay? But see, you got to put all the pieces together. So you got your your life, oh, Holy Spirit, life is like a puzzle. It got all kind of pieces that fits in there. You got to make sure you got the right piece in the right place. All right. Now let's go to 2 Corinthians, chapter number 12. Very familiar scripture. Dr. Manley spoke on this one last week. 2 Corinthians. Second Corinthians, chapter number two. Are we learning anything? Yes. Amen. Uh, uh, is the hunger stirring in, inside? Is this, uh, see, see. Sometimes the reason why we 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 say, "Well, I, I can't get anything," is because we're too full, spirit. We're too full of self. When we're too full of self, that means we can't get nothing else in. Amen. When we think we know it all, we can't get nothing. That means you can't be taught. Right. But never get to the point where we are not teachable. Because there's so much stuff we don't even know. We have not a clue. It's, this is just just at the surface. Of what God wants to speak to us and teach us, show us. Second Corinthians chapter number 12. Won't be before you long. Looking at verse number 2. Chapter 12. 2 Corinthians chapter number 2. Paul is speaking here. And verse number 2, he says, I knew a man in Christ. I knew a man in Christ above. Fourteen years ago, whether in the body, I cannot tell, or whether out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth such a one, look at this, called up to the third heaven. Remember that. Teach you something a little bit about this third heaven. He said, I was called up to the third heaven. Called up to. The third heaven. Now, verse number three says, And I knew such a man, whether in the body or out of the body, I cannot tell. God knoweth. Do you know the reason why they took out most of these books? It's because most of the books has a lot to do with supernatural things. So they didn't want us to know about all that stuff. Paul says now, he says now, I don't know, I I don't know, I don't understand. All I know is only God can know where I was and what was going on with me. Now look at verse number 4. He says how that he was caught up into paradise, place of future happiness. He was caught up there. He talks about the third heaven. Then he talks about he was called up into paradise. And then he says, I heard unspeakable words which it is not lawful for a man to utter. So so in this paradise. What he sees and what he hears, he's not able to relate to you and I. All he can say is, it's unlawful for me to even talk about it. Oh, wow. It would be wonderful if we could get caught up. Because, see, we can have some of those moments if we allow him to. We can have some of those moments. Hmm. Now, let me throw something else out to you again. Now, you need to write this down because you need to go search this out too. It's called the Testament of Levi, which is also part of the Dead Sea Scrolls. And I'm going to read you this first chapter verses from the first chapter of the testament of Levi. See, this was was taken, this was some of the things that were taken out. And then there's some things that were found, the Dead Sea Scroll. so, so, So here, this is what he says about heaven, his vision. Levi, representative of the priesthood, but he was a son there, and he walked he walk close to God. And he says that in the Spirit, he was in the Spirit, he was being grieved because of the race of the Son of Man, because of what man had done. This is what the vision he said he saw. This is what Levi said he saw. Go, go read it, Testament of Levi, first chapter. In a vision, he says, first thing he saw, he said, I see a high mountain. And then he says, the first heaven, in the first heaven, he sees a great sea hanging. How? Oh, hanging? A great sea. That means sea is water, people. Hanging, water. He started it hanging. You remember Genesis, the You remember that in that first chapter of Genesis? Go back and read Genesis. Where the separation of the firmaments? See? We might get there. Okay. All right. Then he says, the second heaven, he saw brighter and more brilliant, boundless lights. This is what he says. So he sees these lights that were so brilliant. And they were very bright. And then he drops down and he goes to, as he says, the lowest heaven. And he said there, he sees gloomy, things was gloomy. And then he says, behold, all the unrighteous deeds of men. And then he says, it looked like fire, snow, ice. And it was made ready for the day of judgment. Then he goes back to the second heaven. And then he talks about the army which has been ordained for the day of judgment. That's when you take that, takes you to the book of Revelation. Because during, the, the, during this time, we talked about the, 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 the ominous coming from the east. We talked about in the book of Revelation for judgment. You, that, that's where you, your studies have to go to the book of Revelation. And then he says, Then above them are the holy ones. Now he's, he's dealing with heavens. Heavens, heavens, and heavens, okay? He says now, he sees the holy ones, and he says, in in the highest of all dwelleth the great glory far above all holiness. I'm going to show you something in just a second in regards to that, that that he sees. And then he says, in the next heaven, next to it, are the archangels who minister and make appropriations to the Lord for all the sins of ignorance of the righteous? And then he says, And in the heaven below, this are the angels who bear answers to the angels of the presence of the Lord. He sees nothing but a host of angels in different realms, different heavens. And then he says in the last, in the the heaven next to this are thrones of dominions where they offer praise to God. That's where we all come together saying, hallelujah, and you're worshiping, you're praising God. All all the saints and, and, and the angels have come together. But there are different realms. The same way When it comes down to hell, but we won't go to that. We won't go back to that dream. All right. Now, two more scriptures. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. Let's go back. Let's go to the book of Ephesians. I hope you had not gotten confused. Amen. Ephesians chapter number four. Okay. And then we're going to look at verse number nine. Ephesians chapter four. Verse number 9. It says, now, talking about Christ, now that he ascended, what is it but that he also descend first, keyword, first into the lower parts of the earth. See, that's where last week when Dr. Mann talked about uh, going down in hell, when Jesus went down in hell. See, all those people had not heard the gospel, so they had to be set free. In in, in the lost books of the Bible, it it begins to talk about, in in the book of Nicodemus, it begins to talk about how fearful Satan was when he heard that Jesus was on his way to hell to rescue those people that were there that had not heard the gospel. So he had first, he had to go to the lower, lower parts of the earth. He had to go down there he had to set them free and then verse number 10 says he that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all what yes. heavens with an s that he might feel all things He descended and he ascended far above all heavens. See, somehow, or another, I don't know where we got this so from. Probably we were probably taught because, see, the universe—what we see—it has no end. There's no end to it. When we think we've gotten to the end of it, there is some more. What do you think for people, the scientists and all those, when they when they think they found something and when they get to that point, all of a sudden they keep looking and next thing you know, here it comes, there comes something else that they had no clue was there. There is no end to God. There is no end to his creation. The only way there is an end is because we limit him. Let me show you the last, the last of this. Go to Revelations chapter number 21 and we're done. Revelations... Talking about paradise now. Revelations chapter number 21. Revelations chapter number 21. Talking about paradise. Revelations chapter number 21. Verse number 1 says, And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven... And the first earth was passed away, and there was no more sea. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. And I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth was passed away. See, that's where it comes in your mind. What is he talking about? That's where you got to go back to Genesis chapter number one because there's something that happens between verse number one and verse number three. And that verse number two, some things take place or had taken place. See, we think, oh, that's just the beginning. Yeah, in the beginning, God created the heaven. But there was something before that. Why do you think it was such a chaotic situation? Let me let me put a P in right there and tell you there. You remember Satan there where Adam and Eve is in the garden, right? That's where he was. And we say the serpent is the whispering is a whispering in channel, right? So he had a conversation, right? He had a conversation with Adam and Eve, right? He had a conversation with Eve, really. He had a conversation with Eve. He was talking to her, right? He was talking to her. Do you not know Satan don't talk like that no more? Not only is he crawling on his belly, but he's mute. When when God put the curse on him, He told him, you're going to have to shut up. You can't speak no more. He He enticed Eve. He talked to Eve. He began to make her think that she didn't have what she had, but she really had it. So God said, I got to shut your mouth. So I wonder, I hear your Holy Spirit. Now I understand when we talk about hearing Satan's voice, he's mute. He can't speak. So whose voice is he's listening to? Whose voice is he using? To convince us to go astray from God, He's using our voice. He's mute. God didn't put him on his belly crawling. He, can't, he had to be, oh holy Spirit, He had to be upright. He was upright. But he's no longer upright anymore. Let me show you something. That's why we need to be excited about returning home, going back to Revelations, and let's look at these last two verses now. Verses twenty-three and twenty-four. Twenty-three says. And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine in it. For the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. 24 says, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. Going back to verse number 23, and it says, And the city, because it talks about that holy city, New Jerusalem coming down. Now he says there now, in verse number 23, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon to shine. All the stuff that we see that God had to recreate after Satan came and messed up everything. The sun, the moon, and the sun, that won't exist anymore. We won't have no need for the sun and the moon. We won't have no need. There will be no need for, for night or day. There will be no need for that. And then he says now, he says now, in 23, he says, And the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten God, God himself, the light, he is the light. And in him there is no darkness at all. So he is the one that will enlighten the entire place where we're going to be. It will be the light of God because he is pure light. And watch this. As it says in 24, And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory out into it. Now, I didn't put down 25, but watch 25. It says, And the gates of it shall not be shut. And all by day, for there shall be no night there. Why would there be no night there? Because all of us will be like we were, like Adam was before he failed. He was pure light. He was pure brilliant light. That's why when you find it, when you go and study in the book of Adam and Eve, how they were hurt so bad because when they failed, when they disobeyed God, they began to be filled with darkness and they could not get back to that light where they were. They didn't know nothing about no sin. They were pure light. See, one day we're going to return back to Eden, in the delight of God. And we are going to be pure light. Pure, pure light. The the, the brilliancy of the, of the, the light will be like God. See, we now we live in a fallen world. But when we return, oh my God. You think about... How before they fell, Adam and Eve, before they fell, when they was walking in the garden, how they were able to commune with God. And then when 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 the darkness of Satan had entered into them, they went and hid. See, when we go back, we won't have to worry about hiding. You know, some of us still will sin and hide, right? I heard one uh-huh. We'll in and hide. But in that day, <laughs> when we go back, we'll be total light. We'll be able to be in the presence of God. Amen. We won't need the moon and, and, and we won't have to worry about them changing the time. No. We won't have to worry about none of that. No. See, there's so much in this world that blow our mind. But you got to be open. Spirit got to be open. Shoot, sometimes I get to study in the heart. Lord have mercy. I don't even know what the bed looked like. Cause it be that good. It be that good. It's that good. Oh Jesus, Paradise. Eden. There will come a time. There will come a time when we will be like him. I can't wait. can't hardly wait. Can you imagine being just pure light? These old bodies of ours. Something. get hungry for God get hungry for God get hungry for God get thirsty for his word and they say well I don't, I don't, I don't think I need all that well you can stay dumb. thank you Holy Spirit because it's a whole lot it's a whole lot it's a whole lot that man has hid from us and did not want us to know. Do we not think it's odd that we hear about Jesus when he was a baby? Next time we hear about him, he's 12 years old. Next time we hear about him, he's 33, right? Well, he had to have a childhood. Or else he never could have got to 12. What happened during that childhood? What miracles it was performed? What was his life like? I discovered I understood why the folk in the Catholic Church worshiped Mary. I understood it. When I got through reading, I understood why. Even though they miscon they confused, but I understood why. They felt the way they felt. Boy, I tell you. It's so much. So much.